That was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that. Uh, thought we were going halfsies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. It's for the fucking glucose, you moron. <laughs> when Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slaps, slaps, slaps. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Is It Too Late to Laugh at United? Nah. nah. Podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and mi amigo muy bueno, Bradley Adams. Do you remember that time in Dance Project when you, when you said uh, Cat Cafe, por favor? So listeners, uh, we Bradley and I did a, <laughs> a dance project in first year of our drama school and it was set in France. Um, and, uh, in the dress rehearsal, I had, I had one line, the only line in the whole show, one person spoke and it was me because it was a dance project, but we had one line and I had to say cat cafe, s'il vous plaît, because it was French and I managed to end up saying cat cafe, pour favor, <laughs> which, uh, the, the jeopardy that that leads in my life is for sometimes every, every now and again, when I, because uh, okay, we get a fair amount of French customers at to Swords, and I, I had this today actually. Um, I my mum's fluent in French, or at least she was, so I used to be quite good at French. I don't really speak it a lot now, um, but occasionally I am able to roughly converse with people who can't speak English. Uh, and by converse, I mean, do you have a ticket? Would you like to buy a ticket? <laughs> kind of levels yeah. of conversation where où est la gare où est le maison du fromage where is the house of cheese um and i i was speak i spoke to this woman today and i uh, i replied to her in french because she was struggling to speak english and she said oh do you speak french and i literally said en petit peu i speak a little bit And this woman went off speaking in poems and sonnets. And I was just like, what in the fuck are you saying to me? <laughs> Maybe she got confused because you're Madame Tussauds. She thought, ah, everyone's speaking Madame French. Madame Yeah, no, but every time, uh, if I, like I had this when I visited Paris before COVID, I, e nearly every time I'd order something and I'd go to thank them, the thought of saying, pour favor, enters, enters I've my left a, I've left a mark on you. Is what you're it, saying. It is bro. a full mark I've that has been mark. left eternally, my friend. The only thing I remember from my secondary school Spanish is one sentence, and it's uh <laughs> that's good. Uh oh yeah, that's it. Me gustan las gambas porque son muy divertidas, which means I like the prawns because they are fun. That is the only sentence I remember learning <laughs> at school. <laughs> so if anyone wants to use that in I'm sure it's gonna be a very useful phrase. Uh, in many situations that will come up in. The only Spanish I know is uh, Lo tengo siete huevos, which means I have seven eggs. That's nice. What about the song about Cristiano Ronaldo you're singing at the moment? Oh, what was it? Um, siete, uh, siete, no. something. What, what was it? You sent it to me on TikTok. Si, siete, 
Oh, whatever. Welcome back to the Different yeah. Knock Welcome podcast. Back. Thank you so much for clicking on the pod. We appreciate it. Hope Thanks you're well. Listening. Listening. Uh, watching, as Brad would say, even though you can't watch it unless you subscribe to our <laughs> Patreon. Um, so do it. Brad and I were actually, let's, well, Brad and I were at the game last night, but before we talk about that, because uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too long because there's not much to say on the game. But I do, I do have a couple of things I wanted to talk to you, uh, talk to you about first. Firstly, be I'm on the spinny chair again. If anyone's spinny, <laughs> another, spinny. another Zen podcast incoming. Um, uh, the United Liverpool game. The, it's all happened. I'm sure you've listened to loads of Fallout. I just want to make one point on it. There is so much post finger that I'm really uh, I wish we could change right like I, I wish I, I wish we hadn't set up in the way we had like with Gazidis and the kind of mm. continental model blah 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 the whole different podcast one thing I'm very glad that Arsene Wenger hasn't done is position himself at the club in the way that Alex Ferguson has done with Man United because Agreed. every single time I mean we all saw it that that clip of you know Ferguson and Dalglish Alex Ferguson absolutely is allowed to it could absolutely make it make a deal with sky saying i'm going to be at the games you're not allowed to film you do not have my permission to to put your uh to put my images on on you know he's, he's got agents he's got contacts in the game he's, he fucking ran sky let's be honest he could say to them don't put me on camera every time it comes out in the athletic oh ollie ollie uh ollie took training this morning but alex ferguson was there it's this kind of shadow that he casts over 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 football, which I feel really sorry mm. for Ollie. I don't feel sorry for him in other areas, but I do feel so- sorry for him in this. And I'm so glad that Wenger didn't do it. I'm so glad yeah, that Wenger all didn't of those do it. managers have had to deal with that. You know, it's the con- it's the thing that like people are reporting that one of the main reasons that Ollie has kept his job is due to support from Alex Ferguson, and that's balmy. You let a manager retire and move on from the club. At that point, they have to move on from the club. Like, this is literally Fergie time. Do you know what I mean? This is Fergie time. He's had his time yeah. and it's it's going over. Like, this is the new definition. I just, I, I, I feel really, um, I think it's really stupid to have someone so involved. And I don't know whether it's like Alex Ferguson unable to to let go of it whether it's you know he's involving himself or you know you know ultimately he has a right to be on the board of directors he's allowed to be there but this constant like checking in looking at this this issue through the filter of Alex Ferguson or what what would he have done it's like having i don't know i haven't got a good metaphor but it's it's like having a sort of older big brother who's like in the other room that at any point you could you know call on and it's like well then just get your big brother in here do you know what i mean like it's it's such a weird it's such a weird way of managing a club with this guy who obviously spent, spent 26 years at the club. He's going to have a huge, he's got a fucking stand named after him. Like this is an important character in the club, but Man United are not doing enough in my opinion to, to taper that and to tend to that and to allow those boundaries to form. And to distance themselves from it, you know, and it's, I, I will never agree with the way that Arsene Wenger was hounded out of our club. And I'll never agree with a lot of the, the, uh, borderline at points jingoistic phrases that we used to describe him and on that fuck off lee gunner suspended on twitter Whee-hee. yeah what a prick um and he you know wenger himself should probably have a, a stand named after him and a statue outside the the emirates um it is uh, we are called Arsenal, not Arson. 
It was that. And now I, I don't agree, as, but as in, it is that principle. The manager is not the be-all and end-all. And, you know, it's Manchester United. It's not Alex Ferguson United. And once he retired, he himself, for the best of the club, needed to take much more of a backseat than he has. And the fact that the club is still allowing him to make decisions like this that are obviously to the detriment of Manchester United. You know, bless, bless him, but but everyone who empowers him to still be in that job for the next few weeks is culpable for what happens because he he is was up to task to a certain degree to allow him to rebuild the squad and to kind of move it up through the echelon. Like, for example, I think even if, you know, we, we keep hitting good ones of form, I think there will come a point with Arteta where we might have to think about moving to a truly elite manager if one becomes available. Because there aren't that many in football. And sometimes people aren't... Um, bad enough to be sacked, but you have to move them on. Mm. Ollie, for example, could uh, has gotten them second, third. He hasn't won a trophy. And that's not horrendous. But for the standards of Manchester United, they want to be challenging for a Premier League and we're eight or nine games into a season and they're already out of the title race. Yeah. So it's time for then the next gear to kick into phase. It's almost like driving a car. That, that same thing might happen with Arsenal. The thing, the thing that happened at Chelsea, you know, Lampard moving on and Tuchel coming in and winning, winning them a, a Champions League. You know, sometimes that is just the natural progression of life. But the fact that we are so lucky that, 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 that you know, Le Professeur did not... There we go. There's the French. <laughs> ...insert himself above kind of Arsenal yeah. Football Club um, is definitely a positive thing for yeah, us and it, moving forward because it means we can move forward. Yeah. It's part of the picture. I think you're right, man. Like kind of not good enough to be to to to, to take them to the next level, but not bad enough to be sacked. I think is a real is a real sort of good summation of of Oli. And and I I, I wonder whether one day we'll kind of look back at this period of Lampard at Chelsea. There might even be a, a Gerard at Liverpool coming up. There might be, an, you know, the Arteta situation, the Ole situation. And looking at the sort of typical top four who all begin to, like a sort of period of types of manager who basically do bridging work, you know, sort of rebuild squads, mm. gut squads, you know, are sort of ha- curry favour with the fans because they're ex-players and can come in and sort of get you to a certain point before you're right and the elite manager takes over. And I wonder if that's the, that's the new strategy. I, I, I really don't know. I wonder whether we'll look I back. I also and- don't think it's surprising that it looks like all three of Oli, Lampard and Arteta could be that. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. Like, you know, it, it, it definitely could be that we look back in 20, 30 years time and remember a sort of a period of a style of manager um, because you know, like I, I think we're now sort of slightly past. Give it Sam Allardyce to the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think we've kind of that bubble has slightly burst, and those sort of types of, you know, get just getting an, an experienced Premier League manager, he'll always keep you up. I don't think that is is true anymore, and I think we we move. I think we move it depends through, on situation as well, doesn't true, it? True, but oh. we but what I'm trying to say is we move through different you know styles and types of managers, and what the game needs changes. And I think I th- I wonder if this is the kind of the next the next phase. Uh, Bradley Adams. We were at the game last night. <coughs> um, we only had were. one beer. Uh, I saw Tim Stillman and I was too scared to talk to him. <laughs> typical Alex. Why is that typical, typical me? Typical when have I done that before? Alex. When have I seen Tim Stillman at the Emirates and not talked to him before? That's never happened. 
Every time, every all the time. Every time, every, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. I don't. He's know. downstairs. I just won't talk to him. Um. Oh, Timmy, Timmy. Yeah, boy. he was talking to his mate, and I was just like, I don't, I don't want. I think he's a really smart guy. There is also something about that, though. Like, I, I, I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I would. I think it is slightly. It, you, yeah, you know, there with them, it is that. I've done the only time I've the only time I would ever do it, and the only time I've ever done it is with somebody. I'm like, no, I re like they they're a massive inspiration of mine. I don't know if I'll ever get the opportunity yeah. to ever speak to them again. I'm going to take this opportunity to just walk over to them and say, "Thank you, you're amazing, I love you," and then immediately dissipate. Yeah, I've only done that once or twice. Yeah, my dad saw Eric Clapton in a queue at a, at a supermarket and didn't say hi. Now that. That I'm like, you should have said hi. Because like you that's probably a once in a lifetime. God love Tim Stillman. God love Tim Stillman. I will see him again. So yeah. <laughs> you know I mean like so I did it with Alan Rickman. Yeah. And then two years later he died. So you're saying you put the curse on him? I did. I think I just wonder what um what the perp like what the purpose of it is. Like what's the I don't know, like you can't because you because you can't say you met them. You didn't meet them. You just said, you just said hi. I really like your stuff. It's like oh thanks, man. Hi, you're, you're you're a really cool person. And then that's it. That's the end of the interaction. And they could be awful as well. Do you know what I mean? So you don't want to you don't want to ruin the you don't want to ruin it. So I'm sure Tim's a lovely man. I'm just saying in, in sort of general general terms. Um. Anyway, we're at the game last night. Arsenal two leads nil. Um. Good game. Fa- fairly uneventful. Um. We had a really good perspective, East Stand, nice and high up, sort of TV camera esque uh, view. Um, but obviously, crystal fucking clear because we were there. Unlike my Azerbaijani streams, <laughs> I love how the country changes every time. It's the same group of Middle Eastern countries. Yeah, though. maybe that's a. It's like Azerbaijan, Tajikistan. A little bit of xenophobia you need to iron out of your uh, vocabulary, Brad. What are you trying to say? Oh, I mean, I don't know if naming countries it is, is xenophobic. Have you, see- especially- oh, have you seen that clip of Katy Perry when uh, on on the Graham Norton show? So no. she she talks about how she's like getting like international acclaim, and she says, and then Ross Noble says to her, "Oh, because um, like little kids in China will be like waking up and seeing that you know, oh, Katy Perry's released a new album." She's like racist, and he's like, "No." <laughs> Naming a country isn't racist. <laughs> it's also naming a country, like, for, for example, the reason that it tends to be Middle Eastern countries I name is because all of my streams are in fucking Arabic. <laughs> so I'm naming it. Yeah, it's like, there is a link Literally there. Accurate. I'm not pulling it out of my ass. <laughs> the likelihood is, is it's from one of them. It's somewhere around there. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, let me have your word of the game and your overall feelings, Brad. Uh, my word of the game, uh, got one. probably <laughs> placid. Um, it was quite boring, especially come the end of the first half. It felt a bit like for both teams that they did, they kind of did the Arsenal syndrome thing of having, you know, a, it looked interesting for about 10 minutes and then very quickly the boredom set in. Uh, second half, uh, seemed better, though it was disappointing not to get any substitutions at the half. It was obvious we were struggling to keep possession and keep possession high up the pitch. Uh, going to see a game, you really noticed how poor Mohamed Elneny is. Uh, the amount of times ball uh, passes would just bounce off of him 
or he would miss control or overhit or underhit passes. Uh, and you just you, you do wonder how he's managed to make it this long and how when these are the options we had in midfield, we didn't decide to sign a fucking central midfielder. Um, and again, a very poor performance from Nicola Pepe that has been kind of won a little bit back by an assist. But, you know, you said it perfectly during the game. There's a moment where he is great, kind of like behind behind uh, behind the, uh, the halfway line, it does a bit of dribbling, dribbles up a little bit and then falls over his own feet. Does like a lovely turn, gets away from his man and then falls over, over his own feet. And if, if that does not surmise his time at Arsenal, I, I really don't know what does. And I've seen on Twitter people being like, oh, you know, look at his stats. And then you look at them and you go, okay, that they're okay stats for like a winger. And then you go, oh, actually, I'm going to look at his Premier League stats because he was scoring 12 against like fucking Dundalk. And he's just not really been what we've we've needed. And he's in a really bad patch of form at the moment. A mm. really bad patch of form. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, my, my word of the game is um, development. Because I think it's, I think it was an, it was an, it was a chance to give some development minutes to a few people, and a chance to see the team um, in a different phase, a uh, kind of development in terms of how we we view the team, because it's a completely almost almost completely different set of players under the same system. And I thought it held up. Um, I thought you know overall, systemically we looked good. I thought we started. I mean, we started off sort of matching them up 1v1, pressing them high. We, we then shifted to a bit more of a 3-4-3, which I didn't think really worked. I thought it left Smith-Rowe and Cassie isolated. There's a sort of like block of four Leeds players um, in front of, their, front of their box and we just couldn't get through. Second half we came out and I thought we made better use of the wide areas um, and that helped with um, Tavares coming on. Um, and, and we got the goals. Yeah, I, I on Pepe... I, ju- I think we've said before, you know we think he's a bench player. I just, I don't, these are the types of games where you're like, if, 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 if Pepe was motivated, if Pepe had the Mohamed Salah mentality and no, no one's got, no, well, as in no one is Mohamed Salah, apart from Mohamed Salah, but not everyone has to have that kind of mentality. People use football for different things, blah, 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 blah. But the question is, what is he? Like we're asking ourselves, what is he after, you know, nearly coming up to three years next summer of, of having him? And we, I'm, I'm seeing someone who, you know, doesn't look bothered to run in behind, doesn't look to receive, doesn't look energetic, doesn't look like he's, you know, busting a gut to, to get a goal or an assist, doesn't look like particularly bothered. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's a kind of character commentary that, you know, there's some players I'm sure that put up lots and lots of great numbers who have that sort of, sort of, you know, relaxed mentality. Mares has that sort of ability, but his technical level is so high uh, sorry, it has that sort mm. of um, lackadaisical type of attitude around him, or or, or in his in his game, but his technical level is so high it doesn't really matter. Pepe falls over. Pepe miscontrols balls. Pepe um, takes you know two three touches when he can take one or two. And I I don't. There's a player there. There's definitely a player there. And the reason I highlight his mentality is I think if his mentality was top top top. I think because he'd make five, six, seven runs in behind, because he would try and receive it, because he'd bust the gut to get there, you'd forgive his technical flaws because he does have them. Mm. He doesn't really have that right foot. It can, it, you know, it's there, it's there or thereabouts, but it's it's nowhere near his left. And I just think we, I've seen enough. I sound like a teacher 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like sort of going like, well, that you know, you've had your chances. I just feel like what what are you showing us? What what did we see last night, Brad, on that right hand side that that makes us go, Pepe's got to start at Leicester, and this is the perfect opportunity. Nothing, Nothing. And, and and the real issue was that one thing that I kept pointing out during the game is that one of the reasons we were being so ineffectual at points is we were trying to go down the right too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because Pepe was there and I was saying we need to go out left because we're not getting down the right because of Pepe. And when you become that much of a detriment to your team, that's that's really bad. And yeah, it's three years and it, 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 does, it does have to become a conversation and a story of, okay, we have given this guy as much time as we can for him to succeed he hasn't earned in any way a new contract he's not going to sign a new contract unless it's on higher wages so we're going to have to make the decision to sell him so we we do just need to move him on the Nicola Pepe era at Arsenal is over hopefully that also symbolizes the end of only going for one target and then horrendously overpaying you know considering 72 million pounds was committed to this player yeah and you said it last. It's, you said it last episode. In another team, he may well be a twenty goal, twenty assist, you know, type player. I, I, I highly doubt it. But he may well be. Who knows? He has he has a superpower, and that is that left foot from that sort of just outside the box, just inside the box on that right hand side. You know, once he gets it in that zone, he's lethal. But the problem is, is he does it so infrequently that it 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 becomes a sort of a bit of a he becomes a sort of a, a meteor player like i'm gonna i'm gonna coin that phrase in that it happens every so often you go fucking hell that was gorgeous but it doesn't happen enough for you to go wait no. it, it can be reliable we're gonna see a meteor tonight and i just like yeah I, I i i feel sorry for it because i think there's a part of me that feels sad at, you know he's he's had a bit of turbulence with the managers he's you know he's got a big price tag on it price tag on his back but the good players the players that we need the players that we need to be targeting, that doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter who's in charge. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what opponent it is. It doesn't matter where they're put on the pitch, their mm-hmm. actions. And, and I want to come on to talk, to talk about Martinelli in a moment. Um, their actions, no matter what they do, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the wind is, no matter whether it's been raining, they try at least to deliver. It doesn't always come off. It doesn't always come off. But they're available. They, their actions, their, their passes are, are crisp and sharp. They're available. They're turning. They might not get that last little moment of separation or whatever it is, but Pepe just doesn't... It's so hard because it's such a soft factor and I, and I actually don't know this, but it just feels like he doesn't care. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, there's, a very yeah. easy, there's a very easy argument and I'm sure a lot of Arsenal fans feel, does Pepe really, really care? I don't know. But also, I don't think we'll ever see that. Like, there were people, like, screenshotting an Instagram story of him drinking a Pepsi, going, oh, drops the sit, drops a stinker, and then drinks a Pepsi. I'm like, it's for the fucking glucose, you moron. <laughs> the man has just run about for 90 minutes. He needs sugars. Like, That's the beginning of the pod. <laughs> it's for the fucking glucose, you moron. Like, it's... No, but isn't it so frustrating? Because... Even languid attitude on the pitch sometimes does not translate to how much a football player might care or not. No, no, for sure, it, for sure. It, it, it's just it very can, easy it can to mean think nothing. Of that. But I think, I think, the one thing that really does kind of demonstrate that a player doesn't care is when they don't improve and they don't improve over a long stretch of time. It's three years now, two of which 
have been well, under two, this two and, manager. Two and two in a couple of months, but he's coming up to three. Coming up to three, and okay. Two nearly two years he'll have been playing under Mikel Arteta. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Yeah. His defensive output has improved slightly, but that's it. Hmm. We're we're seeing flashes of a player that we paid for long term moments of, and it, it it's clogging up a position that somebody like Reese Nelson could take or Amari Hutchinson. You know the players who are gagging for minutes, and and also he's yeah. at what he's a twenty six maybe nearly 27 year old player last night with a very young side and a young side in general Pepe should be looking at himself going I've got an opportunity I'm, the one. I, I'm a guy here that's in for not in form I'm, I'm the guy who's in the peak of my years I should be taking the game taking the game by the, the scruff of its neck and, and and doing something here um yeah let's let's move on from Pepe because I, I, to be honest like not that that conversation's done, but my mind is kind of made up on that one. I feel a, mine is. I feel too. I feel I there's very is, little room yeah. for debate on it. And you know, mate, we were having conversations. There's an episode of the different podcast from May, I think it is, saying Pepe to explode because there's flashes. It was the Brighton game where he scored and he looked great, but there's just not enough of it. And and if we're going to become, you know, um, questions after uh, the Man City game, I think we were asking, was saying what is good enough. Because when we when we come on the podcast and we say this isn't good enough, what what is our benchmark? And is our benchmark oh. is our benchmark Man City? Is our benchmark Everton? Is our benchmark Wickham Wanderers? Like what do we want? And to me, the benchmark should be yes, of course, realistic and and, and achievable and, and and understandable. But it should be second, third. Who's who's just above us? Who who can we realistically get? And it's the likes of United, Spurs. It's the likes of Everton. Th- those those clubs and. And Liverpool and, and, and Liverpool, mate. It's it. You know, City because and Chelsea. Liverpool is not City and Chelsea are on pedestal because of the money that they can command. Liverpool are not. Liverpool are the result of every decision going right made by a club over a long period of time, which is the thing that we are trying to do yeah. right now. You go, mate, and you go. Uh, what and what I was going to say is, does Pepe get us there? Does he get us no. there? And 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 like Saka on that right hand side, three four years time gets us to that level in that position, and we mm-hmm. need to be looking at it in every single position ac- across the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, more positive side. Ben White looked fantastic. Um, luckily, I think it was just an illness. Some lovely I'd say driving other runs. Other than maybe Leno and and Cedric was our best player on the pitch. Did more to progress the ball than yeah. any of the midfielders. You know, how many times did we see that? How many it's how many dribbles has he got? It says he's got zero dribbles. And I can't tell you how fucking wrong yeah. that is. <laughs> so because untrue. the amount of time that man burst through yeah. into the midfield and carried the ball forward. Yeah. And gained us twenty yards up the pitch yeah. just by doing it himself was was sensational. I turned, I turned to, he looked at Mohamed El Neni and just went, "Oh, for Christ!" I turned to you at one point and uh, just said, "You know, <laughs> my Ben White agenda is coming." And and basically, you were just like, "Well, the reason he's looking so good, mate, is he's, he's the only one progressing the ball." <laughs> I was like, "That's probably true." Um, I thought Burn Leno, you know, he has, he was, he did last fine. night what he's good at, which is keep a clean sheet, save shots. He's good at shot stopping, There's, but there's so much yeah. more to goalkeeping than that. Um, yeah, he's just, he just, he constantly dallies in possession, 
takes too much time. And then there's a perfect moment that encapsulates why Ramsdale is so much better for us than Leno and uh, leads a pressing high. The moment comes for Leno to make a choice and distribute it out and he kicks it long rather than trying a pass yeah, into and we lose possession. the central zones. And we lose possession. Yep. Yeah. And you turn to me and goes, that's why we've been playing Ramsdale. Yep. And it's, it's so yep. true. And it's, it's always a shame for Leno that his Arsenal career will end in this fashion. Because I think that, you know, he's been a good servant. And under Emery, he was exactly the kind of goalkeeper we needed. And really is one of the main reasons that in that first season under Emery, we were a point off of, off of what, top four, I think it was? Like getting Champions League football. And props to him for that. But like we say, sometimes there are people who are there for a time to do a job, but then to move on and to grow, we have to just be savage and cut them loose. That's why, it's why City, with all their riches in the world, can uh, have players like Mares. not sure whether he's going to be... In, like The fact that Raheem Sterling, a player like Raheem, could genuinely just, just go out on loan yeah. in January. <laughs> yeah. Score on Raheem. Star on of the moment. Euros. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Um, and and that's, it comes back to that sort of what is good enough thing. Is, is Bernd Leno going to move us that, you know, three points a season up the table? I don't think so. And, and his, his, his shot stopping is impressive and it was last night, but yeah, like comparatively to Ramsdale, it's chalk and cheese at this point. And again, it's another kind of, it's another kind of decision made. Um, we uh, were walking home. Uh, you you very kindly walked me to Angel Station. Uh, I did. What a nice hand in hand. What a nice guy. Yeah, singing singing some lullabies. <laughs> uh, no, Brad walked me home in the rain. It was very it was very kind of him. Um, and uh, we were talking about Martinelli because we're just mm. a pair of lads just talking about football. Um, I want to close on this because I do think it's an interesting one. And my what I put to you last night was around. Martinelli's development. Now, I I've been listening to various podcasts today, the Ask Blog, the Arsenal Vision, listening to a couple of sort of you know YouTube stuff, you know as you do, and I've got you know got a sort of a sense of other people's opinions of Martinelli, and it's probably slightly refined mine. And what I think it is is this: I think when we have such a promising young player who scored, I think, ten goals and got four assists in his first season at eighteen years old, coming from Ituano in Brazil, you think star you think star's coming now he's now 20 he's been out of the game 18 months basically you know with with a meniscus with play time with all this sort of stuff he's not played much football it's unlikely he's going to go on loan and he's in match day squads he's not playing under 23s right so you have a player in a situation where he's not going to be sharp and firing in all cylinders but my issue with martinelli some players i think are one action away always from producing the goods. So someone like um, a Danny Welbeck was always, oh, if he just got there, oh, fuck, if he'd just taken that shot, it would have, it would have gone in. Oh, we just, like Danny Welbeck was the like the nearly man for me of, of Arsenal. Martinelli at the moment, he's two actions away. He's always a moment of separation and a shot or yeah. a, 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 a better a better receive and a half turn and a spin, or he's a, a nicer pass and a, and a better run. Do you know what I mean? He's just slightly rusty. And I wonder whether my kind of, because... Uh, because he's more football. Yeah, basically, because I wonder if it's, a, if, it's a, if it's a sharpness issue, because full disclosure, I'm sort of going, I don't know where my, Martinelli's career is going. 
But I also realised that could be completely reactionary. That could be completely like comparing him to Saka, which he isn't. Because in my mind, there was like Martinelli and Saka. Do you know what I mean? Like that was the that was the vibe in like 2019-20. Yeah. And now Smith Rowe has almost taken. So I'm like, where where yeah. is this guy going? And and last night I didn't I didn't feel. I think he was he was trying so hard, but I just didn't feel like he was on it. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm just concerned about where he's going, basically. I think it's it, it's very difficult because, like you say, came on, burst on the scene, uh, very shone very bright, and now we're in a situation where he isn't shining so bright. And I, I, it is, I think the key term is rustiness. He's not playing. And it's not even that he's not playing. He's getting, one, you have to, you do have to look at the level of player he was around last night. Receiving the ball from Mohamed Elneny is very different to receiving the ball from Erdegaard and Party and a lot of the players that we have. But, even in the games where he's playing with Erdegaard and Party, it's five minutes here, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here. There's no real succession in how many minutes he's getting. I think I'd like to see a loan. I think that would be a sensible option for Arsenal. Sending him somewhere that really gives him the opportunity to play some football. But he is so young that you could see, due to an injury, him getting a stint in the team, playing very well. And then... Afcon's coming up. You know, we... You know, Afcon is coming up. Uh, Abamyang will go will go back to having Lacazette up top and trying to get some more goals from, from out wide. Pepe will go. And that might be a perfect opportunity. You know, you think Saka on the right, Martinelli on the left... And Lacazette dropping into that pocket with Smith Rowe at 10 sounds like a, a good and promising kind of idea with with Martinelli doing what Aubameyang does and, and Smith Rowe pulling out to that left-hand channel. I, like that, that, that leaves me quite positive about that. And then you go to our central midfield and realise we're going to be left with kind of the Winklevoss twins and <laughs> oh? some other idiot. Uh, they're, the, they're the people that actually had the idea to create Facebook that Mark Zuckerberg stole it from. <laughs> What a niche reference. <laughs> the Winkle, the what they call the Winklevoss. Winklevoss twins. And Zuckerberg stole it. Yeah. They basically came to him and went, we have an idea to set up a, uh, I think it was a Yale or whatever, a Yale only social thing where people can connect and stuff. And that's what Facebook started out being. It started out being the university only and then it grew. So yeah, and they sued him for millions and they got millions. Come on, Brad, there's a tie off here. There's a there's a there's a Winklevoss, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, Arteta. Come on, there's something there's something in this. A better podcaster would be able to do it. <laughs> they would, they really would. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the permanent solution would be with him. I think he's twenty. Yeah, like he's unbelievably young. He's had uh, about three hundred minutes so far this season, which sounds like a lot. But it's really not. It really, really isn't when you consider the level of people that he's been playing with. I mean, the one and also positions, you know, we're going off of two games that we've seen him in. In one, he was on the right instead of on the left. 
and was completely ineffectual because of that, because his only option was to drive outside and whip the ball in. And this time, I think in this game, you're right. He was about two moves away from everyone else, from from being that player. But one of those moves is down to everyone else. It's the receiving pass. It is that moment. The only real thing I think you can give him stick for is the, there's a moment where we're two on one and he should have made the decision yep. to shot. He takes an extra dribble and the move goes. I think I think but, that's a kind of a not a desperation, but a, a, a wanting to impress though. I think he... Yeah. There's no doubt that his his desire is there. I mean, he's kind of the opposite of Pepe. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the kind of the, in, the, in the desire front, you 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 feel it in it. There's a word Arteta is using a lot at the moment, which is transmits. And you can feel what he transmits on the pitch. And it's a it's a sense of real um real verve and real desire and and that's what we need right brad we'll leave it there um we shall thanks for listening thanks guys appreciate it uh anything else to say to the listeners brad any any more french any uh uh no big congratulations to uh i just want to get his name up because i don't want to butcher it is it the winklevoss twins no it's not the winklevoss is it is it winkle or winkle Winkle Voss. Winkle is funny. Oh, it could be Winkle Voss. Why am I seven I years really old? Okay. <laughs> you um, said Winkle. Big congratulations to Josh Cavallo from yes, the yes, uh, Australian yes. League Adelaide United for coming out and being the first openly gay uh, footballer yep. in the top in a top flight uh, in the world. Um, must have taken a lot of courage and uh, has all of our support here. Yep. Yep. Well said. Well said. Uh, all right, Brad. Pleasure as always. Thanks as always for listening. Keep it different, knock, and we will see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.